Come on, give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord today. Are you ready for the word today? Do you love God's word? Come on. We're going to ask Brother Herschel to come up. He's going to minister to us today. He's got a great thought this morning, staying focused. Just let the Lord challenge you through the word today. I've been reading a book. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's about, it's about revival fire. I shared this a couple Wednesday nights ago, and in one of the chapters, it talks about, you know, that sometimes in our life, it talks about that God doesn't just measure temperature. He measures capacity. You know, temperature is hot or cold. We're, we're supposed to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. But capacity deals with, can we handle something? And sometimes God won't release the glory in our lives because we don't have the capacity to handle the weight of the glory. Because sometimes we're broken. And he, and he goes through like, he says, you know, there's a fracture and then there's a compound break. There's a displaced and a non-displaced break. And so I begin to pray, you know, because when you get a broken bone, if it's displaced, they have to realign it. So I begin to pray, Lord, I want you to, to align my heart with yours. Lord, I want you to fix the, the broken places. And God has begun to reveal some things to my life and about my life, and I'm praying about them. And Because you know what? I want to carry the, the full weight of his glory that he has designed for my life. I want this church. And so this morning, as Herschel brings the word, as God speaks to you, don't, don't ignore it. Don't push it back. Just say, Lord, I think you're talking to me. Show me, show me how to fix it. Come on, let's make Herschel welcome this morning. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Joey was awesome, buddy. I wrote this down. I don't know, middle of the week, and that first song brought it back, and I wrote it down earlier on this piece of paper. I had it in my iPad, actually, so I wrote it down on this piece of paper. And, I, and it goes with that first song. It says, the storms come not to make us bitter, but to make us better. When we come through trials and tribulations, it's to make us better. It's so we can grow a little better, grow a little further, do a little more for the Lord. Hey, I... I'm going to preach out of uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to break these two scriptures down to what God is speaking to me and what he's saying in my heart. Uh, I had a whole other message already planned out, but Saturday, last Saturday, I was sitting at work, and this thought came in my mind, and there's all kinds of floods of scripture and, and things that took place in the Bible come across my mind, and I sent, the, I sent this to pastor as soon as it took place because I didn't want to change it, because I felt like it's an on-time message. I think it's a message that we need to really focus on, and it's staying focused. We'll read these scriptures real quick. Therefore, seeing we also are, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto God, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, I come to you today, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, to speak through me, Lord, that I step aside and allow you to use me, Lord, be a mouthpiece for you, Heavenly Father. Touch the hearts, the minds of those that's here, Heavenly Father, so we can get a true focus and run the race with patience, Heavenly Father, for you. Lord, glorifying you in everything that we do, Lord. Lord, if there are any lost here today, Lord, and you know who they are, and Lord, you just touch their hearts with this message, Heavenly Father, Lord, that they focus in on you, Lord, and see what the true prize truly is, Heavenly Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. <clears throat> As I thought about these scriptures, and I, I want to give you a little background reason why I guess this come upon my mind. And I went to a funeral a couple weeks ago, and I was standing outside of the funeral home up there, and I heard a, a few, I had heard a group of men talking, and and I'm not criticizing them, don't mean to make it sound like that. But they was talking about the 2024 election and how the Democrats is already going to steal it. And I thought, the first thought that come in my mind, and I want you to understand this, was there are lost people at this funeral. That's what we need to be worried about. There are lost people here today. That's what we need to be worried about. <laughs> so when I started thinking about this, and, 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 I, and I'm not... You know, because I understand I get in that habit too. I talk about the coronavirus and the Delta virus, and I get into these conversations too. So I lose my focus too, just as easy as anybody. And I guess this reason why this message touched me so hard is because I'm real, I'm real easy to lose my focus. If people works with me, they know if, if they're a problem and I can't figure it out, it'll drive me crazy till I figure it out. I mean, I'll go home and I'll open the iPad and I'll research for days trying to figure out a problem. I own a Jeep out there. It's sitting in the, out there in the parking lot. Well, actually, it's at home. I drove terrors. But that's the worst thing for me to own because if there are a squeak, I got to find it. And it drives me crazy. So it takes my focus sometimes. And I'm saying that because it's so easy to lose our focus. And I believe today... It's so easy with the world the way it's going and, and everybody's pointing their fingers at this one because this has got the uh, antibodies and that one don't and, and the world's going to uh, chaos and this one hates that one and this one hates that. We're not focusing on what the true, what we should, truly should be focused on. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. This moment is the day that we ought to be the biggest witnesses to the people that's around us. But it's so easy for us, and I believe that's the devil's, that's his best tool. It's his best offense right there is to draw us away and draw us out into the world instead of into the word. It's so easy to focus on the storm that it, and the bitterness of the storm than it is to what it's going to do for us. It's so easy to focus on those things. See, and I broke this down, and it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Y'all probably hear me talk about my mother-in-law all the time when I preach. Listen, without her, I'll just be honest with you. I would never be a Christian. I... 
if, if, she wouldn't have, if God wouldn't have aligned her daughter with me, and I truly believe it that way, Pastor, he made a way for me and her to meet so I could see the love and the joy and the peace that even went through her troubles and trials and, her, and, and all the things and the deaths and the sickness in her family, she still focused upon Jesus. She, she, she still showed the mercy and the grace. And I always said that when I was lost, and, and I, they probably ain't a person in here that ain't said this, said if they're going to heaven, I'm going too. I said that a lot. I ain't got to worry about hell. I mean, if they're making it, I'm going to make it. That's because I didn't see the true joy that, that's in them. And we're compassed with such great a witness around us. If we just look and see what God has put around us, we'll see the witness. You know, I, I, I thought about all the witnesses in my life growing up. I remember John Stafford. Uh, man, he was such a great man. You know, he, was a, he shot bows and he, he, you know, for a foster kid, I'd love for him to be my dad. Man, he was out there and I'd watch him shoot them bows and he'd shoot them and split them arrows, stack them on top of each other. And I thought, man, he's amazing. Quit shooting bows so he can focus on Jesus. He said God was calling him for a more, more better promise than shooting a bow. So he focused more on pastoring than he did shooting a bow. So he quit going in world shoots. I just thought that, that always stuck with me. I don't know about y'all, but things like that sticks with me. I always reflect back on that witness. And, I, and Johnny Mead, and then I look at Pastor, and I look at uh, Norma, and I look at Joey, and I see the humbleness and the love that's in their hearts for people. That's, that's a witness to us. And I know if you think about it, and I, and I want you to sit here and think just for a second of the great witness that was in your life. It could be your grandmother, your father, your mom, your aunt, your uncles, or a person sitting beside of you. That's, that's what we need to focus on, is that cloud of witness around us. And I'm, I'm not even going through the whole Bible, because if I go through the Bible, there are all kinds of witnesses. You read chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's nothing but witnesses. Yeah. You know, you got Moses, uh, Abraham, and Sarah, and all these that God said, because of their faith, that it was counted righteous unto them. Because of their truth and what they believed in. And when uh, God told Abraham to go, he went. Didn't know where he was going, but he went. What a witness. Not to know where you're going, but you go. Paul, you know, they're just so much. And I started thinking, Pastor, we were sitting here a couple Wednesdays ago, and uh, somebody brought up... Uh, and I'm just going to briefly go through these because I, I don't want to take too much time on them. But we was talking about Jonah and the well. And I made a statement and Pastor corrected me. I said if Jonah would have done exactly what God said, he would have preached one chapter and that had been it. He went down to Nineveh. Nineveh got uh, delivered and that had been it. Pastor said not necessarily. So I'm going to tie this in what I'm saying here. He was right. <laughs> he was right. Because when I started thinking about that, if Jonah would have kept his focus and, fo and focused on what God said to do, he might have preached three quarters like Paul did of the New Testament in the Old Testament. They might have been three or four books of uh, Jonah. 
If he would have just kept his focus and not let the things of the world, the things that Nineveh was doing to his people, the hardness of his heart get in the way of God's word. <laughs> if he had just stayed focused on what God says and not what the world is doing around us. I think so many times we get sidetracked by the world that we're not truly being able to fulfill the promise God's got in our life. I believe, there, I believe each and every one of us, I really do this. I, this is just my opinion. I don't care where your background comes from. I don't care what you are or where you've been and what you've done. God has got something for you. And if you just focus on him, hey, I'm telling you, his glory will shine through it. You will be a light unto the, uh, I believe this church is going to be the light of Logan County. I, if it don't go on to be the light of, uh, of the state of West Virginia and further on, I believe that's what God has called this church to do if we stay focused in him. I told Tara the other day, I said, man, it's going to be hard preaching after pastor. She said, well, and him being there. I was fine until I found out he was going to be here. She said, well, you preach with pastor. I said, yeah, but I ain't never seen him preach with the anointing that I've seen the last few months. Listen, I think he's preached good ever since I've been here. I wouldn't be here. But for the last three or four months, I mean, he's rocking it. Hey, God's, hey, his focus is right. I hate to tell you, his focus is true because he is showing it through the light that he's shining for us. And I don't brag on people much, so if I brag on you, you better, you better pat yourself on the back. And then I look at Peter walking on the water. See, this is a witness to me. A lot of people think about where he doubted, and I don't. See, I look at it a little different. Peter's the only man that walked on the water, right? You show me anywhere else, anybody else walked on the water. He walked. But you know, he lost his focus. I don't know if he took 20 steps or five steps, but he lost his focus, because he worried about the things around him, the storms that was going on around him, he lost his focus on Jesus. But you know, to me, this is the greatest part. He regained his focus fast, and we can regain our focus just as fast as he did because as soon as the water come around his ankles, he called out the name above all other names, and he said, Lord, save me. And immediately, the Lord picked him up, and they set him up on the dry boat and took him to the shore side. That's what matters. Hey, he knew where to go and get his focus back. Do you know where to regain your focus to? <laughs> See, that's, that's the moral of that story more than the, him doubting and him, and him falling short. Was he knew how to get his focus back. He knew who to call upon. It ain't the storm that hits you. It's how you call upon the one who can bring you through it. We're all going to go through storms. I don't care who you are and what your name is and how, how long you've been a Christian. We're all going to lose focus at times. But it's how we regain it. I'm going to go on down here. It says... Uh, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which do so easily beset us. 
Norma, I'll be honest with you. The worst thing I do is my aggravation with tempers. I got a temper. I can snap in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. I really can. <laughs> that, and and that, that is so, that's what makes me fall so easily. And, and because I do that, then I go into hiding because I'm so ashamed. Honestly. So then I can't gain my focus back because I'm in hiding because I'm, my head's down instead of looking up to the one that's who that can bring me through it and, for, and forgive me for my ignorance. Because my head's down looking at the ground instead of looking up on the mountain where I should be looking. I can only preach on me. I don't know about you. What is sin? So many times we think sin is just adultery, lying, stealing. But like I said, anger is one of them for me. What so easily weighs you down and keeps you... I mean, think about it. What keeps you from fulfilling God's promise in your life? What keeps you from taking that step towards him? What keeps you from not doing what he wants you to do? He says, lay it aside. Cast it off. Speak to it. I believe we got to speak to our sins. I believe we got to speak to our life and the things that's in it. Because the Bible says there's power in the tongue for life and death. So if I can speak to that anger and tell it to leave me, it has to leave because I've got the power of the blood upon my life. And when I got the power of Jesus upon my life, I got authority over those things. But my problem is, and I'll just be honest with you, it also reads in that scripture, run with patience. If anybody's ever worked with me, I'm wide open. I don't know how to slow down. I ain't got no second or third gear. I'm fifth gear or zero. I ain't got no in-between. I run wide open at everything I do. If I'm working, I'm wide open. You better stand back. Because I'm going to get a finger. I, I'm just honest. I've got to run with patience. I've got, to, I've got to slow down just a little bit and let God take control. If I focus, if I slow down, and I believe this is the reason why he says run with patience, Norma, because if we run with patience and we slow down a little bit, when then anger comes up, you can say, Jesus, you got me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to say that because Jesus is with me. If I watch what I say, I'm pretty quick at speaking. You can ask a buddy of mine here. I can, I can say something about you pretty quick. As boy last week said, you don't always hear what Herschel thinks because you probably don't want to hear it. But you hear most of it. Because I usually say what's on my mind. I don't hide it. I wish I could, but I don't really hide it. Tara can tell exactly what I'm thinking before I, I don't even have to say a word. It's just my face impression. She came through the house one time in a dress and I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, I'd change it. <laughs> I didn't say a word. My face impression broke it all out. My, my thoughts already come to my face and it was already speaking for me. I don't have a chance. And 
And, I, and the Lord told me this one time, and the Bible does say this, so I want you to... The Bible says that no man can tame the tongue. And I used to say that all the time, Pastor, when I tell people they're just lazy and sorry. Because I would. And I still do. I try to really watch it now. If you're lazy around me, I'm going to tell you about it. Because I'm not one bit lazy. Not one bit. And don't really care too much for laziness. I'll just be honest with you. But the Lord told me, he said, no man can tame the tongue, right? But you ain't no man. I'm just no man. You've got something greater in you. They can do all things, right? Because I can't tame it don't mean Jesus can't tame it. Hey, and when he can, hey, he can do all things in me who strengthens me. Because that's what he says. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So yes, I can contain my tongue if I just focus on Jesus. If my focus is right, if my focus is true, I can tame that tongue. Like I said, I can only preach on me. Your sin's your sin. And I'm asking you today to set it aside and refocus your life. Because I know we all got them. We all have them little old quirks that we do. We all have that anger issue or depression. or And to me, the biggest sin that I believe that people do today, and especially Christians, so if you call yourself a Christian, is lack of faith. You'll believe. But see, I believe it like this. You can believe all you want, but without action, it don't go to faith. So, you, And I wrote that in my little book over there. It might be this one or it's one at the house. Belief plus action equals faith. So we can believe all we want, but if we don't put it in action, if we believe that, if pastor believes that God called him to be a pastor, but he never does it, do it, and he sits at home and tells Stacy all the time, honey, I believe God called me to pastor. His faith ain't very good. And I don't mean to cut on you, I just, I love you, but I'm just being honest. That's what God called us, he called us to be, you know, that's just like Abraham, when he told him to go, if Abraham would have sat at home and said, God promised me a great land, bad, God promised me a great land if I'd go. I bet his dad looked at him and said, stupid, you need to go. <laughs> I would have. You think God called you to do that, go. God called you to be on the parking team, you better get going because that's what he called you to do. If he called you to preach, you better start preaching. If he knocked on your door today, you better go, you better go accept. Because you might believe that you're a God, but until you actually make an action and believe that he is God, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him, you're still lost because you have no faith. Because your faith ain't took action. The action of your belief hasn't took faith. Best way to say it, I guess. And I'm going to break this, you know. See, it says, count it all joy. When we follow in driver's temptations. Submit ourselves. Humble ourselves. Them are scriptures out of the Bible. When we, lose, when we gain our focus, we're going to humble ourselves. To, to his will. To his purpose. 
and I'm going to speak just a little bit. I can't help it, but I got to really bring this out. I want to tell you what true focus really is. And I hope I bring it as drastic as I can bring it to you. Because if you're lost, I want you to hear it. I want you to understand what true focus was. I believe when he went and when Jesus went up on the mountain, he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. I believe, I, I, I think I read, and I want to be exact, there's six or seven times Jesus went up on the mountain to pray by himself. And pastor, I believe he had to regain his focus. He had to learn, sometimes we need to get to ourselves to gain our focus. Sometimes we have to go by ourselves and get away from everybody to focus in what God's truly called us to do. It's hard to hear what God's called us to do if we're got everything and all the worldly things going around us and we got the news going on and the and the radio blaring and the kids are running through the house and the wife are going on and and all them things it's hard to focus on what God's called us to do I like to you know Tara tell you I, when I when I study to preach I like to get away from her it ain't nothing against her and the kids. It's just my focus. I'll be hearing them even through the walls of the house. And i got to study back there by itself. But I can still hear Titus running through the house. And it, it loses my focus. So I've been coming, I come down here and I studied a couple of times down here this week. And, but I believe when Jesus went on that mountain was to regain his, fa- uh, his focus. What his true focus and his true purpose was that God had him on the earth. So, if he had true focus, and I want you to hear this, when the soldiers come and got him, when Judas kissed him on the cheek and the soldiers took him, they took him unto the priest, and they kicked him, stomped him, spit upon him, mocked him, put a crown of thorns upon his head and pressed him in. But he never said a word. Aaron. He was focused on Aaron. He was seeing Aaron right now. He was seeing Gary right now. He was seeing Norma right now. And he was seeing Herschel right now. He was seeing Tara right now. See, he was focused upon us. This day, he was focused on everything that we was going to go through. He already knew, so he had to do it for us so we can be overcomers, so we can be somebody better than what we are. They mocked him, they beat on him, then they took him to a whipping post. Never said a word. Never said a word. Why? Because he was focused on you. See, he had to take the beating for our afflictions. But he had to go to the whipping post and take the cat of nine tails. And that's nine pieces of leather about, or about a foot long on one little old stick. And sometimes they wet them down to make it a little bit stronger when it hits you. And then they'd put little pebbles at the end of it, sharp pebbles. When they hit him 39 times, it counts as 151 lashes that he paid upon his back for your healing. His focus was up on me, Norma. His focus was up on you, Chris. His focus was on you. 
all through that beating and all through that, I mean, I'm telling you, he all the blood running down his back, across his side, across his face because of what he paid for you because his focus was up on you. He never said a word. He kept his focus true. That wasn't enough. He said, I'm still focused on more for him. So they made him pack his own cross. I believe he was focused on the man that was going to help him lift the cross up. Because as he went down and he started going up the hill, he stumbled and a man helped him pack the cross the rest of the way. His focus was up on that man. His focus was up on me. His focus was up on Paul in the Bible. He already knew what he had to do for us. See, I, I want you to really get a grasp on what, everything he done for you. See, as they spread his hands when he got up on the mountain and they laid him down there and they started nailing the nails into his hands. I don't know about you, but I ain't a very good nailer, so if I, I take a 16-penny nail, I got to hit it probably a good 10, 15 times to get it where I want it. I've seen some guys hit it one time and he'd go right in there. But could you imagine the agony and never say a word as they pierced his hands with the nails? As they laid his feet together and they pierced the nail through his ankles to hold him upon the cross, he never said a word. <laughs> Because he was focused on us. He wasn't worried about what was going on on him. He was worried about what he had to do for us. And as he went through and, and, and that all took place and as he hung up on the cross and right before they pierced his side with a spear and, a blood, and blood and water ran out. They took vinegar and stuck it on his lips to make him thirst even more. And the only thing he could say while he hung there was forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. See, that's what he done for you. And yeah, he, told, he, he thought about the man on the cross beside of him because he's told him this day, because he defended Christ, he said, this day you'll be, upon, you'll be in heaven with me. This day you'll be in paradise with me. That's all he said. Forgive them. They know not what they do. He done that for you and me. His focus point was upon us. And it, well, he didn't even stop there because he knew he had to die. So he had to die. And he went to the tomb and he said, ah, that ain't going to be good enough. I'm not just going to die for him because, you know, I look at it like this. If God would have just went to the cross for us, all we would have got was sins forgiven and that's it. If he had just went to the uh, whipping post, Norma, all we would have got was our healing and our sins forgiven. We have no eternal promise then. So he said, I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to split hell wide open. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to pull out the keys of hell and death for you. For Herschel, he brought them out for me. I'm telling you, I want you to focus it up on you because that's, that's what he truly done. He done it for you. He brought the keys and hell out of there so we can have eternal life with him. I hope I made it as drastic as I could make it. Because I want you to see what he actually went through. Now, see, I don't know. Maybe I got a twisted mind, but I could see each and every step that he paid for me. To me, that's the greatest witness that we could ever focus upon.
He said, look unto, the, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what we need to look upon when we see the things that he paid for me and you. See, I'm one of those that I believe we got to put ourselves in that. He said, whosoever, are you a whosoever today? Anybody that believes on me, they shall be saved. Oh, you shall be saved if you just, just humble yourself unto him. Ask him for repentance. Seek his face. Hey, and just focus up on what he's doing for you. Hey, and when the storm comes in, hey, don't, don't, don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a bad thing. Look at it. Count it all joy, as the Bible says. Count it all joy. Because he's going to bring you through. And if we focus on him, you already know that he's going to bring you through. Because he done paid it all. He made us get to walk in victory lane. I tell you right now, I come up here because I feel like this is victory lane. That's why I like being in the front row because I feel like I'm in victory lane. Are you in victory lane today? Have you been in victory lane? Listen, the presence of God is victory lane. I want you to understand he's got something great for you. We serve a God that has risen. He didn't stay in a tomb. He rose up. He wanted to show everybody that he was alive so we could read it and study it and seek it so we know that we serve a God that's real. We serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Hey, I'm telling you right now, he is the beginning of your life. If you let him be, he can make you new. <laughs> I'm going to give you one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because to me, it tells me it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Because his glory is going to be shined through me. <laughs> In Romans 18, he says, For I reckon the suffering of this present time are not worthy to compare to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Listen, I believe God's got something if we stay focused upon him. As he was focused upon us and still focused upon us, I promise you, he's still focused on you. He hasn't forgot your name. He knows every hair on your head. He's got something special for you if you just step out in it. If you just take it and like Abraham and Moses, when, they, when God spoke to them, Philip, when God told them to go, they went. God told Paul to go, he went. I believe there's got to be some action in what we believe. I truly believe that you've got to have action in it. 
And I, I, I can go back and you can go back to the woman with the issue of blood as she crawled through the crowd and beat through the crowd. And she said, if I just touch the hem of the garment, her faith was good. Her belief was good, but she had to touch the hem for it to take place, for the action to take place. And the healing took place in her body. Jesus stood there and looked around and said, her faith had made their hope. Action. Listen, you've got an opportunity today. I don't think I've been as happy as I normally am when I preach. I ain't as loud, maybe. I don't know. I hope, it, I hope the message, staying focused, has got into your heart. That I believe we're in that time and in last hours and that last day. I truly believe we're there. We're in that final watch. And if we don't get focused, the world's going to eat us up. The world's going to keep us so wound up at each other, mad at each other because we're worried about one another not being able to, because this one got that or that one got this. And where they don't like me or he don't like me or she don't like me or whatever. That's just life. But let's focus on the main point. And that's what Jesus done and paid for the price for us. If we focus on what his word says and what he's going to bring us through, we can be overcomers. Hey, when we truly put our focus where it belongs, and if you're lost today, you can truly focus on what God's done for you by accepting him. You've got an opportunity today to serve and be a winner. I tell everybody I serve God because I, I can't stand to lose. And, and I say that in a joking manner, but I'm never going to lose when I serve Jesus. He said, victory's already mine. I get victory when I walk in the blood. When I walk in Jesus, I got victory. We was up work a couple uh, couple months ago and they was talking about being competitive and I asked them, I said, why don't you serve Jesus then? I'll just be honest with you. You can't, you, there ain't no greater challenge than serving the Lord. You can't, there ain't a challenge on the planet to com compare to serving the Lord. And there ain't nothing sweeter, Norma, than serving the Lord. Yeah, you're going to go through trials, battles, but just know that you've already got victory over them all. I believe when we realize that we got true victory and we can walk in victory, we walk with a, a, sli a, a stature that people just, they can't help but take a second look because they want to see what you got. And when we walk with that attitude, knowing that we have victory over every situation, not because of what we did, but because of what he done in us. Because of the price that he paid for us. He gave us the opportunity to walk in victory lane. I'm going to end this, but I'm going to ask. How focused are you? Where is your focus completely at right now? 
See, I believe there's so many things that get us sidetracked and get us unfocused between ball, the worldly things, all these things that the devil, iPhones, iPads, that's the worst thing in the world to give our kids. And and I'm saying that because I give it to mine. But it's such a sidetrack for them. If you spend more time, and I, and I, it popped up this morning, this morning, said you've, you're down 16, 16 minutes or 16 hours this week on screen time. Where's my distraction at? It's my iPhone. If I'm down 16 hours, what did I do last week? Yeah. I mean, I listen to, I, I watch a lot of uh, sermons on there, and I, and I, on my iPad, but it still cracks me up that it says 16 hours down a difference from this week to last week. And I know of two or three days at work last week that i done nothing but 12 hours of listening to sermons. So, man, how much time did I spend on it the week before? Because yeah. I only worked two days the week before. So, <laughs> and I worked four this week. So, I'm asking, where's our focus at? What was my focus on the week before I know, like I said, I, I listen to a lot of sermons and I, I study a lot. If you look at all my tabs, usually it's something about Jesus, but it still amazes me. And I bet you your phone or your iPad tells you the same thing if you're down or if you're up. Or, so where's your focus? Where's our focus at this week? Are you willing to change your focus today? Are you willing to refocus and realign your, the Word of God into your life? Now, I know there's somebody here lost. I feel it in my heart. You're not 100%, and God's knocking on your door. He's asking to focus on Him, and He'll bring you through whatever it is. He loves you. And he paid all that for you. Everything that I described. Now, I didn't read it out of the Bible word for word, but I spoke exactly what it says. I tried to make it drastic. I tried to make it exactly what I feel like God spoke to me. He's got something for you. And he is God. He wants to use you in a way that he's never used nobody else. My calling ain't Gary's calling, and Gary's calling ain't my calling. But I can still walk in a good calling. It's a calling that Gary can't do. But I can't do Gary's calling. But he's got something for you. And he's waiting on you to accept. You already believe. All you got to do is take the action. And step out in faith. You already know that he's real. You already know that he's calling. He's already knocking at the door, but you haven't took that step. I hope you take that step before it's too late. I know Joe was talking about a boy in the home, but a week prior to that, there was a young man, not much, probably about the same age, passed away. See, we're not promised the next breath. And I say it just the way I believe. We're not promised the next breath. 
But today is the day of salvation. This moment is this time is the time for you to accept and refocus your life and rededicate your life to God. And to lean on him for all his righteousness. He says, seek him first and all of his righteousness and all them things that you want and the, the things that you need. See, I won't say the things that you want, but the things that you need will be added unto us. And I do believe that he gives us our deepest desires sometimes because you'll hear me testify my son Titus. If you listen to me, because I believe he was one of my deepest desires for being obedient. I wanted a son, he gave me a son. And he even named him. Because if I would have named him, Ben Herschel Jr. I said that this morning. Tara said, uh-uh. She did not, she wasn't about to have another junior. I don't know why. I like that name. I carry it, been carrying it for 40 some years. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's all right. I'm trying to drag it because I believe God's calling somebody. He's knocking on your door. And he wants you just to focus on him because he's got something special for you. I'm tr listen, I would love to be able to tell the calling that God's got on everybody's life, but I can't. But I know it's something special or he wouldn't be. He's already focused on you since the foundation of the world. He knew me since, because the, the Bible says he knew us from the foundation of the world. Joel, he knew every step that you was going to take. He knew you was going to be here in the mornings cooking breakfast for us, showing love and mercy to us as you cook. He knew that. He knew I'd be here today, and he knew you'd be sitting in that seat. He knew I'd be aggravating you to death right now because he's knocking on your door. He wants you. Don't let the worldly things distract you from doing what God called you to do. Listen, I've had a big week. It seems like everything tried to distract me. I had my mother-in-law's birthday, uh, birthday, my wife's anniversary. You see that? I said, my wife's. <laughs> she, just, she needs to be celebrated more for keeping me for 14 years than me celebrate, her celebrating me. So, and then my little girl's birthday party. So everything tries to take your distractions. And they ain't always bad things, but it's how we focus on them that makes them bad. Listen, I love y'all. I hope you got exactly what the Lord wants you to have out of it, and I hope I spoke exactly what God's saying. As Joey sings, love y'all. Thank you, Herschel. Appreciate that so much. You know, that scripture, those two verses are so powerful. It says that, you know, we should lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us. And, and all of us have at least one weakness in our life that we struggle with that, you know, we need to set aside. But then he talks about looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And a lot of times what happens is, is when we sin, Shame is, is a natural thing that happens. We do what you said. We put our head down. 
and we walk around in shame because we've failed God, we've sinned, we've, we, we had a higher expectation of ourselves or whatever the circumstance or whatever the situation is. But let me give you a verse this morning. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now. Just look at the say, he said now. There is now no condemnation. Or we could say it, there is no hold on them that are in Christ Jesus. See, Jesus took on the shame when he went to the cross. Yes, he was beaten. Yes, he was spit upon. They plucked his beard. They crowned him with thorns. They stripped him naked. They put him on a cross for the whole world to see hanging between two criminals. That's shameful. Jesus took our shame so that we can have no shame, that we can have no guilt, so that we don't, so that we're not held down by the shame and the guilt that comes when we fail God. That we can come to God just as 1 John 1, 9 says, if we can come to God and say, Lord, I've sinned, then He'll forgive us. Because we have an advocate with the Father who pleads our case on our behalf. We don't have to walk in shame this morning. We don't have to walk in guilt this morning because Christ has already taken it away. There's no hold. There's no hold. There's no hold. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around today, maybe you're here today and you're lost without Jesus. And maybe you feel that knock on your heart. Maybe you feel like God has got a rope tied around your heart and it feels like something is tugging at your heart. Maybe you're here today and your palms are sweaty and your heart's racing and your stomach feels like it's in knots. That's the Lord. He's dealing with you. He's knocking on the door of your heart and He's saying, will you let me in? Will you allow me into your life to be the Lord of your life. And if that's you this morning, I want to ask you just to raise your hand high enough for us to see it, hold it up long enough for us to acknowledge it. We won't embarrass you. We won't come back and get you. We'll just ask the church to pray for the person that raised their hand. Is there anybody at all that would raise their hand and say, Pastor Gary, I'm lost without Jesus. Anybody at all this morning that I'm lost? There's an honest hand. Is there anybody else that would raise their hand and say, I'm lost without Jesus? I'm lost without Jesus. Is there anybody else today? Anybody else? Maybe you're online today and you're lost without Jesus. We're going to put a prayer on the screen. We're going to have the church to stand up with us this morning. And we're going to say this prayer together, and you can invite Jesus into your heart right there where you're at today. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it with all your heart and you got saved this morning, if you're online, just put in the comments section, I'm online. If you're in person, you can just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus into my heart. Is there anybody at all today that would do that today? Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise today. Give God some praise today. I won't fear for you're on my side. My first hope, my last word, now and forever. Let it rain, let it pour, I will sing. Cause all you've ever been is good to me.